This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. I am back from my birthday sabbatical. Well rested. Re-energized. Recharged. I could not I could not have done a troll now. I, I, I teased it. I said I might possibly do a troll patrol yesterday afternoon. There's no way I could have. There's no way I could have. I, I got into my cookie brownie that uh, Sparkles made for me for my birthday. As you guys know, it was it was entirely inedible. So after having a couple pieces of it by like Five o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. I'm like, so I just laid around watching movies, playing video games. My buddy got me Mortal Kombat 11 for my birthday. I've been playing the shit out of it. Watched the Mortal Kombat movie that came out, what, last year? Just in time! Justin is back. He's here to give you the news. What's going on in the world of news today? BTS was at the White House. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to we're going to listen to the 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 boy band. That's the important thing that happened today. So I go I can go ahead and tell you we might talk about CPAC. But if if anything gets cuz CPAC was going on when we had more important things to talk about last week. So we never got around to talking about CPAC in Hungary. But if something gets cut from tonight's show for time, it's going to be Jackass Posobiac at CPAC. <laughs> oh fuck! We are going to talk. We are going to talk about the NRA convention that happened uh, over the weekend. Donald Trump spoke on my birthday. I didn't hear what the fuck he had to say, but we might listen to a little bit of that here in a little bit. Uh, the internet looks like it's bouncing back and forth tonight. Uh, I ain't got time for your bullshit. Dustin, thank you for the resub. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and fix the internet right here, right now. You guys, you guys, hang hang out. Hang out for one second. Oh, shit. Um, uh, apparently, I'm not fixing the internet. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with the internet. Huh. Weird. It is it is bouncing back and forth a lot. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Am I gonna am I gonna have to contact my ISP again and jump onto them for having shitty internet? I don't like it. I don't like it. What else are we talking about tonight? Oh, Joe Biden finally come out with his plan to uh, relieve student loan debt. What is he going to do? 20,000? Is he going to do 50,000? Fuck no. Fuck no. The plan is for 10K. 10 fucking K. That's all Joe Biden is planning to do. Of course he is. I didn't have a meme ready to go. I'm sorry. This one's dark. This one's fucking dark. Aren't they all here lately? Here is your meme for the day. They the line, the onion. 
A way to prevent this is only country where this regularly happens. The third panel is all the kids have been shot. And Chief Wiggum is just hanging out, watching, because that's what cops do. Apparently, apparently cops in this country don't actually rush in to save anybody. That's not their job. Yeah, I'm going to bitch about the cops in Uvalde. The Justice Department has opened up an investigation into the... The cops' response to the school shooting in Uvalde. And now the cops are no longer cooperating with any investigation. Yes, as of this afternoon, they have decided they are not going to cooperate with any investigation. This is according to the cops in Uvalde. They've been accused of ignoring the Spanish community. Something like 70% of the Uvalde community is Spanish. No, no Spanish-speaking translation at their press conferences. A, a uh, police chief who was on the scene was supposed to be sworn in to the city council. Apparently will not... Be sworn in now, thank fucking God. Canada on track to pass meaningful gun legislation. The right wing is already attacking them. We're going to talk about Trump at the NRA. Uh, we're going to get a lot of Fox News on this show, unfortunately. I apologize up front. Way too much Fox News on this show. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Monkey Box is out of the box. Data on long COVID is incredibly alarming. Human rights advocates are denouncing a UN visit to China. A U.S. delegation was in China. Apparently, as Beijing was sending 30 warplanes over Taiwan... Jesus fucking Christ. Fox is having a meltdown over the the Clinton campaign lawyer. We have a verdict. We have a verdict in the trial. This is the trial uh, uh, that was instigated by the Durham probe that, you know, Trump and all the right-wing sycophants have promoted as blowing the lid. Blowing the lid. Of what went on in the Hillary Clinton campaign. See, Warlord, even even Warlord, going ahead saying that the trial was rigged. I told you when we were watching, I think it was Fox News last week, they were already setting up for the failure of the trial. Sussman has been found not guilty. That isn't going to stop Fox News from bashing Hillary Clinton. You know it. You know it. Nancy Pelosi's husband. He did a little drinky poo over Memorial Weekend. Look, 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 look. Arrested for DUI. Sus is in the name. Sus is in the name. 
That's exactly right, Zoot. Love you guys. I haven't said I haven't said uh, hate everybody. Zoot, RB, Dustin, Warlord, all you beautiful people. Meat cakes. Meat cakes. Yes, it, apparently it was on some kind of Naba wine tour or something. I haven't read the story yet, but I think I did see that. <laughs> apparently, apparently Nancy is trying to distance herself. From her day trading, fucking night drinking husband. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband has been the the uh, target of ridicule for quite some time. There was a bot on uh, Twitter that was like posting his stock trades, and he was doing better than like 70-80% of people trading stocks on the market. Gee, I wonder why. Fuck you, Nancy Pelosi. And I'm I'm gonna go ahead and apologize. Like it looks like my internet is shit tonight, and it's not my VPN. It's my actual internet. So there's there's nothing I can do to fix it. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Uh, worst comes to worst, like I'll fucking I'll re-upload the the replay later. Cause I've got the local version that won't that won't skip or anything. And and just know I am not high enough for this shit. So let's get to it. I haven't done the news in like for five days. I needed a break. I needed a break. Especially after last week. This shit, it wears on you. It is hard doing the news every fucking day. Here in in late stage capitalism. Justice Department to review the police response to the Uvalde shooting. Because goddamn, somebody needs to. The Department of Justice will conduct a review of local law enforcement's response to the Uvalde mass shooting last week that killed 19 children and two adults it announced on Sunday. Local and state law enforcement officials have faced intense criticism for their response to the shooting. As details and a fuller timeline of events have emerged, 911 calls were made between 12.03 p.m., half an hour after the gunman entered the school, and around 12.50 p.m. when Border Patrol agents and police finally stormed in and shot him dead. Questions remain as to why officials didn't come clean sooner. Because they're trying to cover their own asses. Never believe anything the fucking cops said. I'm hoping that this is finally a turning point for sensible gun laws in this country. And also the way we perceive cops. It finally seems like people are coming around and and noticing that cops are fucking useless. I've only been saying it for years. I've only been saying never believe anything the fucking cops tell you. They lie even when they have no reason to lie. I've been saying it for years. A cab motherfuckers. God damn. Alphonisberg. What is up, Alphonisberg? Welcome. Thank you for being a freaking follower. You came as I got a little riled up about the cops. The goal of the review is to provide an independent account of law enforcement actions and responses to that day and to identify lessons learned and best practices to help first responders prepare for and respond to active shooter events, department spokesperson Anthony Coley said in a press release. 
This assessment will be fair, transparent, and independent, Coley said, adding that a report will be published upon the review's conclusions. Pack the blue. <laughs> what a stupid fuck. Come in here and tell me, back the blue, as I'm getting ready to tell you about how fucking incompetent these cops are. The, the cops in Uvalde no longer cooperating with the Texas probe of the shooting. The cops are no longer cooperating. Somewhere else, but not here, <laughs> but it, it is happening here. Mental health experts say trauma comes with a ripple effect from families grieving their loss of life to many elsewhere grieving their loss of safety. You may not see these things sort of immediately these assholes, these assholes lied and said they thought all the kids in the, in the, in the room were dead as a reason for why they didn't bust in there and do their fucking jobs. Do you want to know what we found out? There was a little girl on the line with 911 who smeared her classmates' blood on her and was begging for the cops to go in. Begging, begging for the cops to go in. They would not back you, you dumb fuck. They didn't, they didn't go to the, the, the fucking, they didn't go into the school to save the children. They don't back anybody. They went in there to get their own fucking kids out. They don't care about you. The cops don't give a shit about you. Matter of fact, their job is not to protect you. Courts have ruled multiple times the cops have no duty to protect Fucking, I don't know how stupid you are that you can come in here and you can see the way the cops responded to children dying. And you can come in here and say, oh, back the blue. You're a dumb motherfucker. You're a complete fucking moron. Cops are fucking useless. Cops will lie even when they have no reason to lie. And as I said, they're not even cooperating with the investigation. The Uvalde Police Department and the Uvalde Independent School District Police Force are no longer cooperating with the Texas Department of Public Safety's investigation into the massacre at Robb Elementary School and the state's review of the law enforcement response. Multiple law enforcement sources tell ABC News. A spokesman for Texas DPS, which is running the state's investigations, declined to comment. Uvalde police chief and a spokesperson for the Uvalde Independent School District did not immediately respond to requests for comment from ABC News. According to sources, the decision to stop cooperating occurred soon after the director of DPS, Colonel Stephen McCraw, held a news conference Friday during which he said the delayed police entry into the classroom was the wrong decision and contrary to protocol. So hold on. The reason why they stopped cooperating is because someone told the truth about them? Fuck you! Fuck you, cops! Fuck off. Remember, the Evaldi community overwhelmingly... Hispanic authorities ignore Spanish speakers at the Uvalde press conferences... 
Texas authorities dealing with the Uvalde school shootings aftermath have so far provided public updates only in English, prompting criticism that many Spanish speakers in the largely Latino community are being excluded. Over 81% of residents in Uvalde, where a gunman killed 19 students and two teachers at a school last week, are Latino and many speak Spanish at home. Providing information in their preferred language is critical during such a trying time, according to experts. I think it's about time and an era where Spanish resources are as important as having those resources in English, said Jennifer uh, Marcial uh, Arcasio, the Spanish at large board member for the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. Marcial Arcasio said some bilingual journalists covering the shooting, have had to interpret for Uvalde residents. Motherfucker. She suggests all governments make providing information in Spanish a top priority in crisis management guidance. EPS South Texas Regional Director Victor Escalon ignored shouted requests from reporters to provide a statement in Spanish at the end of a press conference on Thursday. Police at one point promised to provide Spanish-language updates, but didn't follow through, according to journalists at the scene. Ah, the motherfucker was just wanting to come in here and get me riled up. Doesn't take much uh, when we're talking about cops and their incompetence, though. Luckily for us, one incompetent cop will not, not be sworn into a seat in the city council. And uh, I'll smoke to that. The police department for the Uvalde School District reportedly will not be sworn in tomorrow as a member of the city council as originally planned. That's according to CNN affiliate KSD. CNN's Nick Watt has more on Chief Pete Arredondo and the fallout he's facing. I do believe that this is uh, absolutely one of the worst police failures in modern U.S. history. Those I think somebody yeeted the troll in Mystic. Classrooms had nothing. They were relying on the police. But the police were waiting outside the classrooms. Treating this not as an active shooter, but as a barricaded suspect situation. For the benefit of hindsight. Useless. Of course it was not the right decision. It was the wrong decision, period. There's no, no excuse for that. So the killer was inside a school filled with children for over an hour before he was stopped dead. And not before he murdered Alfredo Garza's daughter, Amory Joe. They needed to act immediately, you know. There's there's kids involved, you know. They were scared. They were real pussy. You were again. To go in. Chief Pedro Pete Arredondo of the Uvalde School District, PD. Safety measures were taken to make sure that we had a safe release for the rest of the district. Uh, for the, for throughout our city of Uvalde. A pair of brief appearances in the hours after the slaughter, and Chief Arredondo hasn't been seen by the press since. As far as his employment status is concerned, that's something that is beyond my control and I have no knowledge about. Could lives have been saved? Fewer kids shot? Injured kids treated earlier and survived? That remains unclear. There was an initial burst... Oh, I think so. Lull ...during which... Kids inside called 911, pleading for help. Then more shots, seemingly directed at a door. We could have saved some of those kids. That's what I believe. 
You go in. A 50-year-old Uvalde native, Arredondo was approved as chief by the school board in 2020. At the time, the super said they were impressed by his experience, knowledge and community involvement with, they said, 27 years in law enforcement. At another school district... Oh, you missed the troll, Sparkles. ...in the city of Uvalde Police Department. In March, Arredondo... To catch you up, so far we have learned that the Uvalde Police Department will no longer cooperate with authorities because they got their feelings hurt that the Texas Department of Public Safety said they made the wrong decision by not rushing in to save the children. And now the the uh, police chief for the school district, this is the school district, the Uvalde School District police chief will now not be sworn in to a seat on the city council. Good. Posted about active shooter training at the Uvalde High School. That doctrine requires officers. Every officer lines up, stacks up, goes and finds where those rounds are being fired at and keeps shooting until the subject is dead, period. So Arredondo's decision went against established active shooter doctrine and, we're told, against the facts on the ground. From but it was know, a hostage situation. An entry at that as soon as you can. And Jim, you mentioned that Chief Arredondo was elected earlier in May to the city council in Uvalde. KSAT of San Antonio reports that the special session, the swearing in session, will not take place tomorrow. The mayor is saying that the focus is going to be on the family. Now, KSAT reporter Dylan Collier also tweeted a statement. From- oh, oh, so we, we, we don't know. We don't know if he is actually going to be seated on the city council. It just won't be tomorrow. The oath of office. Fuck. We are currently not aware of any investigation of Mr. Arredondo. He should be investigated. God damn. Let's talk about another one of their lies. Let's talk about another one of their lies. Uvalde teacher did not leave the door open that the gunman used to enter Rob Elementary School, according to the teacher's lawyer. So once again, that's that's. The facts is we have it. The lawyer for the teacher says they didn't leave the door open. That is that has been one of the things that the cops said. Which why do we have any reason to believe the cops? A teacher at Rob Elementary School had propped open a door to carry food from a car to a classroom last Tuesday, but she closed it after realizing that a gunman was loose and heading toward the school. Her San Antonio lawyer stated. Don Flannery said the teacher, who is not being identified out of safety concerns, called 911 to report an accident near the school involving a black truck, which turned out to be driven by gunman Salvador Ramos. Steve McCraw, director of the Texas Department of Public Safety, said Friday that Ramos, a Uvalde High School dropout, fired at nearby funeral home employees after he had crashed the pickup. McCraw said Ramos then walked over to the campus, fired shots from an assault-style rifle at several windows, and entered the building through the open door. Ramos killed 19 students, two teachers, and injured 17 more. Injured 17 more. That's something we didn't report on last week. Injured 17 more. 
Raw told reporters on Friday that the teacher propped open the door about the time Ramos crashed the truck and that the teacher called 911. McCraw said the door wasn't supposed to be propped open, it was supposed to be locked, and certainly the teacher that went back for her cell phone propped it open again, so that was an access point that the subject used. Flannery said the story he got from his client mostly matches the timeline McCraw gave at a Friday news conference, but the lawyer wants to make clear that the teacher did not leave the door open. She saw the wreck, Flannery said. She ran back inside to get her phone to report the accident. She came back out while on the phone with 911. The men at the funeral home yelled, he has a gun. She saw him jump the fence and he had a gun, so she ran back inside. She kicked the rock away when she went back in. She remembers pulling the door closed while telling 911 that he was shooting. She thought the door would lock because the door is always supposed to be locked. Flannery added that the teacher even remembers pulling and holding onto the door, which has a horizontal push bar, while on the phone with 911. At one point, as she headed back to her classroom, the 911 call dropped, and she texted family that the gunman was inside the building, and then that she could hear the police. But still, they didn't kill him for an hour and a half after this. EPS officials did not comment on Tuesday on the teacher's actions or the conflicting scenario given by McCraw. Messages were left for the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District. Law enforcement source familiar with the investigation said surveillance video and audio verifies that the teacher removed the rock, keeping the door open, then closed it. She slammed it shut, said the source, who requested anonymity because the source did not have authority to speak with the media. So now it seems that the cops are backing her story. So where the hell did all of this misinformation come from? Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and give you the content warning. This one's going to be hard to listen to. Uh, An 11-year-old is struggling with the aftermath. Maya Carrillo. He's 11 years old, was in the room when 19 of her classmates and two of her teachers were killed. Goddamn. As the sun sets in Uvalde, people gather in the town square to mark the end of a week of unimaginable loss. Don't worry, we, we've got BTS at the White House coming. we got fun shit. The first services for the victims beginning today and continuing tomorrow. And the trauma experienced by the survivors of last Tuesday's shooting will run deep. Our Marcelina Benito and Anayeli Ruiz are talking to people about the collective sorrow in the town of 16,000. Our team coverage starts tonight with Anayeli live in Uvalde. Anayeli? Hey guys, we are outside this school, but today we spoke to a family of an 11-year-old girl who tells us she had to smear blood from her friend just like she was dead. And now they say she's traumatized and haunted for life. And he called me right away and said, hey, there's a shooter in the school. It's a day that changed the life of 11-year-old Mia Cerrillo forever. A day that has left her living in fear. She actually got to the phone and was calling. She says she kept saying they're in trouble. The shooter is in, in her classroom. They tell us Mia witnessed when the shooter killed her teachers and classmates. When her teacher was blocking the kids, the shooter aimed more that way. That is when Mia went to a corner to help some of her friends and classmates. They did kill one of her friends that was right next to her. And she tried helping her, she said, but 
she knew she was gone, so she says she just got her. Now the NRA just paid to have a conference just right down the fucking road. Her parents were helped traumatize her even more. What seemed an eternity for any news. That is until they finally saw their little girl coming out of the school with an officer. She was covered in blood. Our main concern was. Is she okay? Is she is she hurt? They tell us Mia was taken to the hospital with bullet fragments in her back, and even though their daughter made it out safely, they feel like their happy, cheerful little girl has been ripped away from them. And now she's scared. She's scared for her life. She Anything sets her off. The cats, the dogs will bark, and she'll think, oh, he's here. And not only was her innocence and happiness taken from comment. Welcome. Her classmates, teachers. Uh, you missed out on shit that would have pissed you off, and now this is really bumming me out. Her family tells us Mia is a true survivor when she was three. That poor little girl. No, no, you mentioned the NRA. The NRA was right down the fucking road. They held, and like, for some reason, this seems to happen. They, they held an a conference just a couple weeks after Columbine happened now holding their little their little conference the same week the same week as the Uvalde shooting these are some of the protests that went on. Uh, it's about 300 miles from Uvalde. Top Republican politicians have gathered for the NRA's annual meeting, despite calls from Democrats and gun safety advocates to cancel this year's event. And just now, Abbott did pull out. Texas Senator Ted Cruz, and they expect the former twice impeached ex-president to take the stage momentarily. But clearly, Cruz and so Trump did go. Brewster live from outside the NRA convention in Houston. Shaq, this is a day where the story outside is as big or arguably bigger than the story inside. Tell us what you're saying. Yeah, you, I'm sure you can hear the crowds that are outside the convention center right now because, you know, there was a lot of uh, uh, controversy over the existence of this NRA convention. I just want to give you a heads up of what you're seeing right here. You see the crowd of protesters. This is no longer the official protest where you saw Better O'Rourke speak at or Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. These are people who have come out to protest and demonstrate against the convention center and against the convention that you're seeing there. You see a heavy police presence outside. And every once in a while, you'll probably see this as I'm reporting, you'll see some of the convention goers walk out. And I am I am certain that the police were probably more heavy-handed towards the protesters at this convention than they were towards the shooter in Uvalde. Inside there. And that's because people have been calling for, after the devastation that we saw just just about four hours away, and I'll let you kind of take a look at what you're seeing over there. Uh, after uh, people saw the devastation of what happened uh, in a town just about four hours away, they expected either this convention not to happen or at least there to be a different tone. from the As if they would cancel it. Oh, my God. From Governor Greg Abbott, who did not appear here in person but did record that video. And in his appearance, he said, that there are hundreds of gun laws on the books already. He said that the uh, shooter already committed a felony once he brought a gun onto the campus there. He, there was nothing that he signaled or nothing that he said that signaled. Oh, yeah, there's nothing that we could do to stop the 18-year-old who was just able to go buy a fucking assault rifle just right after he turned 18. They want universal background checks. You hear mentions of red flag laws. 
as I understand it, the kid did have issues that should have prevented him from buying a gun. There was no waiting period in place. They still want to let their voice be heard. They want to put pressure on people outside because it's so important to them. I mean, a stringent universal background check and a waiting period is the least we can fucking do. The least we can do. That has crossed culture. You had Steve Kerr. I'm never, I'm never going to get my proposal passed. The outlawing of the commercial sale and manufacturer of guns. Yankees. Um, and Tampa, I think, turn over their social media channels to advocate for gun safety and gun reform. Do the protesters right. in the street... Yeah, I brought that up last week. Apparently, it was just their 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 Twitter handles. Fortified NRA Instead of tweeting about the ball games, they didn't actually uh, uh, not carry the games on their on their television stations. They just tweeted facts about gun violence on their Twitter. People thought that after Sandy Hook that there would be some change at a federal level. People thought after the shooting in El Paso that there would be change at the state and federal level in terms of how people have access to guns and people's access to guns. So that, Well, I mean, that's not going to solve everything. But, man, just taking the gun lobby out of the picture, that's, that's my main concern. I don't give a shit if you got a personal right to own a weapon. That's That's fine. Don't even have to change the Constitution to get rid of the commercial sale and manufacture. Because a lot of the propaganda that we're dealing with is just gun manufacturers making people feel scared to sell more guns. But they feel that the Second Amendment and their protections are what are more important. And they fear that there is, that any progress that they do, if they give up on uh, increase in the uh, age to purchase a weapon, for example... They fear that will turn into something worse, a full-on confiscation. So that's what a full-on confiscation. Now, Canada is actually going to do something, it appears. I've seen right-wingers going nuts. Canada poised to pass sweeping gun restrictions in wake of Uvalde and Buffalo. And is poised to expand the country's gun laws, prom- uh, prompted by two separate mass shootings in the U.S., Though Canada has a strong hunting culture and rifles used for hunting are not heavily regulated, handguns are heavily restricted. The new legislation would ban the sale or importation of handguns and force owners of uh, military-style rifles to turn in their weapons through a buyback program. Legislation is expected to pass with the left-leaning New Democratic Party and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party overcoming any potential opposition from the Conservative Party, according to the New York Times. We need only look south of the border to know... We need only look at this fucking country over here. Know that if we do not take action firmly and rapidly, it gets worse and worse and gets more difficult to counter... Trudeau told reporters on Monday, in Canada, gun ownership is a privilege, not a right. Bill Blair, Minister of Emergency Preparedness, told NPR, This is a principle that differentiates ourselves from many other countries in the world, notably our colleagues and friends to the south. In Canada, guns are only intended to be used for hunting and sport purposes. Canadian government said Monday that the number of registered handguns in Canada increased 71%. Between 2010 and 2020, reaching around 1.1 million. Those are rookie numbers. You gotta bump those numbers up. 
Handguns were used in 59% of firearm-related violent crimes between 2009 and 2020, while firearms in general were used in 600 intimate partner violence incidents in 2018 alone. Two million Canadians hold firearm licenses. Let's be tired of having a failed state in a Gucci belt to its southern border. Uh, meanwhile, let's hear what uh, our previous president had to say about guns this past Friday at the NRA convention. We gather this week, citizens across this state and across this nation are filled with Oh, I'm sorry. Grief. Some of you might have needed a content warning for this. Uh, Rob Elementary School in Uvalde. You know all about... Oh, God, he says Uvalde weird. God damn it. To see it, to watch it, to hear about it. The terrible murder of 19 innocent children and two adult teachers with many badly injured was a savage and barbaric atrocity that shocks the conscience of every single American. Oh, yeah, you look shocked, dude. You look shocked. I'm fucking not shocked by it. I live in the United States. Nothing shocking about what happened. Wonderful Is it horrifying? Yes. Disgusting. Plenty of adjectives I could throw out. Lunatic. Shocking. Shocking is not one of them. Alexandria Rubio. Oh my god. Wow, this is weird. Amory Garza. I've seen this already, and I thought they added the bells in. I thought they add I thought that was something on Twitter that they added the bills in. Holy shit, this is weird. Annabelle Guadalupe Rodriguez. Eliana Cruz Torres. Ellie I'm not high enough for this shit. Jacqueline Cazares. Jayla Nicole Silguro. Jace Lovarnos. Jose Flores. Salazar. Undertaker is probably there. Undertaker is probably there. It was in Lee. Texas. It's an NRA convention. The Undertaker was there. Mai Tai Rodriguez. Miranda Mathis. Nevea Bravo. Rohilo. This is creepy. Tess. Also, I'm wondering if those were actually the kids' names because it sounds like he's just naming off drinks. Garcia. One was Mojito, another one was... Lopez. Two great and beautiful, brilliant teachers. Eva Morales, Irma Garcia. It's amazing they didn't have like a 21-gun salute. These sick fucks. These sick fucks. A moment of silence for something that should never have 
even been thought about, let alone... Incredibly creepy. ...precious young soul. I'm just, I'm in shock. ...is an incomprehensible loss. Literally not comprehensible. Once again, I'd already seen this, but I thought the bells were somebody, somebody added that. Sickness. That actually happened. ...committed this crime is pure evil, pure cruelty, pure hatred. Absolute pure hatred. And while those he slaughtered are now with God in heaven, he will be eternally damned to burn in the fires of hell. Oh, I'm sorry, Lady B. As we mourn for so You are allowed. that everyone here joins me in praying for the families who are suddenly missing the brightest light in their lives. We see their agony. We ask God... To ease their oh, I love you throwing some fruit at him. And together we grieve side by side as one. You don't look like you're grieving. American. You're like boarding it up at the NRA convention. Now is the time to find common ground. Sadly, before the sun had even set on the horrible day of tragedy, we witnessed a now familiar parade of cynical politicians seeking to exploit the tears of sobbing families. What do you What do you think you just did, you asshole? Rights. What did you What did you just do? Person commits such a hideous crime. There's always a grotesque effort by some in our society to use the suffering to advance their own extreme political agenda. Even more repulsive is their rush to shift to advance their own political agenda he says at the NRA convention I mean I don't have to point out the hypocrisy in what he's saying to you fine people use your left and right turn indicators Yes, everyone throw fruit at fucking Trump. I wish I, I wish I had my goddamn Nerf gun right now. I would pelt him. I can't do any more. I can't do any more Trump. Oh, this ain't any better. This ain't any better. I'm sorry. I'm just throwing bullshit at you guys all night long. Here's Fox News. Here's a here's a panel of chuckle fucks. The Ben Dominich podcast on Fox. Ben Dominich. I said chuckle fucks. I didn't even know who was on the panel. Ben Dominich. This is Megan McCain's husband. News Radio. Jeff Mason, White House correspondent for Reuters and syndicated radio host Hugh Hewitt. Hugh Hewitt is a fucking ghoul. So, Ben, your thoughts looking at the Zoom call tomorrow between bipartisan senators? Look, I should uh, concede. Oh, that's, they are doing a, a bipartisan panel to look at some gun legislation. John Cornyn is leading the way. He, I covered this last week. We had the, the blessing from Mitch McConnell for Cornyn to go and actually talk with the Democrats. They're having a meeting apparently tomorrow, I think. Beginning that I worked for John Cornyn for a number of years. Uh, I have enormous respect for him, but I don't 
really believe that there's going to be a path forward when it comes to finding some sort of significant progress when it comes to uh, gun control uh, that the left in America would really like to see. Certainly, I, cer- I think that there's a lot of people who, you know, in response to Uvalde... Background checks. Background. Universal background checks. I would like a two-week rating, waiting period at least. Uh, fucking over 80% of the population, including a majority of gun owners, agree. Right there. You can't pass that. Are you telling me, Ben Dominici, that you, you can't do that? are uh, clamoring for something to happen. We see this happen whenever one of these terrible events befalls the country. Uh, But unfortunately, in this case, as in so many, there are very few steps that can be taken when it comes to Human thumb! The left is the obstacle. ...that would actually prevent these types of atrocities uh, from taking place. Now, one thing that I do think is, is possible is that you could see the you know push for uh, additional red flag type of opportunities mm-hmm. you know potentially you know some some other well, that would be nice that's more than what i just actually suggested happen that would prevent this type of specific occurrence from taking place in the future and unfortunately for americans that's something that i think they just have to come to grips with you cannot flag people who do not you just have to come to grips with the fact that this shit is just going to happen. That's what he's that's what he's saying. No, no, no. Let me tell you where red flag laws come from. Uh, we saw a statistic. I think uh, the Canadian government pointed that out when we were reading the article about Canada's uh, proposed legislation. That it's overwhelming. Overwhelming in domestic violence situations. That the... the partner realizes what's going on when it when it starts with just physical violence it usually escalates to using a gun something like 60% of the time so that's why you want to empower their partners that's what the red flag laws is about the right wing assholes painted as like some Joe Schmo down the fucking road can report you because he doesn't like your political views when red flag laws are designed to allow a partner, a partner who is aware of the situation to be able to report their partner is dangerous and have the courts take away their guns. Fuck off. Uh, you know, spark uh, the type of legal reactions that you could see in the case of mental health or other disorders. It sounds like there were a lot of heartbreaking breakdowns there on the ground in Uvalde, and there's investigations looking into that. Hugh, what are your expectations as lawmakers get together? To Fuck this- you! Well, I want to agree and disagree with uh, Ben, Mike. I, I think John Cornyn is the perfect person having served on the state Supreme Court of Texas. I think he also ought to consult with Rick Scott, who is governor of Florida. He's now senator from Florida. Uh, passed legislation in the Sunshine State in the aftermath of the Parkland massacre. But I do think there is a path forward if expectations center on how do we protect innocent children like those in Uvalde against monsters like those that came. And that usually means armed police who are well-trained, on the campus what did they do what did they do you they were there they did fucking nothing oh hey let me suggest the thing that we just proved was useless thanks a lot hugh hewitt 
You sure did add a lot to the conversation. You're a smart guy. Fuck. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Before the monster arrives. And I think if they follow the model from MAD uh, back in the days when the drinking age went to 21, federal dollars in exchange for state legislation, those federal dollars for the police on the campuses uh, would, I think, get some states to study seriously the Florida model and others. But I've got to say, President Biden... The Florida model! Let me remind you that there was an armed guard at Parkland who was scared and didn't go in and got his fucking job back. ...for uh, uh, denying people the right to own handguns. It doesn't exist. Jeff, outdoors with the birds chirping on a beautiful day here in Washington. (laughs) Uh, Your thoughts? What are the expectations at the White House? Well, I think, number one, um, you saw this reflected in in President Biden's comments today that they see some momentum or at least they see an opportunity to do something here. And whether it's as far as the left would like to go, I think Ben is spot on in saying that that's certainly not going to happen. But I think this president would be happy to see something. Uh, And and whether it's on background checks, for the love of God, background checks, changing the uh, age limit as at least the very minimum when you can buy uh, an automatic weapon. Uh, I think all of those things are things that they're going to look at and consider. All right, let's see if we can get around the horn a little quicker on the issue of Ukraine. The Ukrainians want bigger, better weapons. President saying, oh, we're not doing Ukraine tonight. We'll check in with Russia and Ukraine, maybe tomorrow. Ain't, we ain't done with this this shooting bullshit yet. Right wing misinformation machine revs up after shootings. In the wake of mass shootings in Uvalde, Texas, and Buffalo, New York, right wing conspiracy theories moved faster than ever from fringe to the mainstream thanks to a misinformation infrastructure that's grown stronger over time. The pipeline of misinformation moving from obscure internet platforms to the mouths of sitting members of Congress seems to be going a lot faster now, said Bryce Webster Jacobson, Jacobson, director of intelligence operations at GroupSense, a threat intelligence firm. Misinformation narratives that start on places like 4chan or Reddit make it to the public consciousness really quickly. They're getting picked up by individuals with more power and louder voices, said Jared Holt, a resident fellow at Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab. So the effect of misinformation has felt like it's multiplying. In the wake of the Buffalo and Uvalde shootings, several big conspiracy theories quickly took hold, with many falsely characterizing the shooter or victims to match fringe political narratives. Baldi, misinformation falsely claiming the shooter was a transgender person, appears to have quickly spread from 4chan, an anonymous message board, to the mainstream. The pictures used to support the falsehood were pulled from a user on Reddit. Representative Paul Gozar tweeted that the shooter was a transsexual leftist illegal alien, but later deleted the post. In Buffalo, misinformation falsely claiming that the shooting was a false flag operation, an attack disguised to look like it was made by the opposite side in a conflict, spread quickly in the aftermath of the massacre. A conservative Arizona state lawmaker is under investigation by the Arizona State or the Arizona Senate for her Telegram post endorsing the theory. Jersey theories can work both ways, rewinding, rewinding, rewinding. 
rewriting history after terrible tragedies or inspiring the events in the first place. The great replacement conspiracy theory that motivated the Buffalo gunman has been echoed by conservative members of Congress and mainstream conservative media personalities. But hey, 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 hey. We do have a Republican proposal that could help put a stop to shootings, perhaps. Senate candidate J.D. Vance thinks you guys live in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? And wants to ban porn to save families. The Ohio Senate candidate told a Catholic magazine in 2021 that porn should be restricted to help an isolated generation thrive. Going beyond even the GOP's own platform, Republican Senate candidate J.D. Vance told a Catholic magazine last year that pornography should be banned because it's stopping Americans from getting married and starting families. I think a combination of porn, abortion, have basically created a lonely, isolated generation that isn't getting married. They're not having families, and they're actually not even totally sure how to interact with each other. Vance said in a newly unearthed interview with Crisis Magazine from August of 2021, Sir, sir, sir! We aren't getting married, and we aren't having kids because we can't fucking afford them. We can't fucking afford them. We can't fucking afford them. Can't afford housing. We can't afford kids. A dumb fucking tag indeed. Right-wingers are morons. Ryder spoke with Vance at a gathering for young conservatives where Vance was a keynote speaker. Wrote that after asking him his thoughts on porn and birth control and their effects on familiar, familial decline, Vance admitted he wants to outright ban pornography. It's the it's the free speech party, guys. These are the free speech people. He's friends with Elon, isn't he? He's funded by Peter Thiel. Vance's campaign didn't provide a comment about his more recent thoughts on porn. And more recent than last year, less than a year ago, and how they would factor into his priorities as a senator. In 2016, the GOP, in its own official platform, declared porn a public health crisis, but stopped short of calling for it to be outlawed completely. Vance, who wrote in his memoir about witnessing firsthand poverty and addiction and their impacts on, on families in Ohio, has made conserving traditional families and ending abortion main planks of his conservative platform. You will take my hentai from my cold, dead hands. You live in sexual anarchy? This dude is probably, like, he's probably pulling a Josh Duggar. He's probably looking at child porn or some shit. You know, you know these sexual deviants. These were my cold, sticky hands. These repressed assholes like this are usually hiding something. He wants to ban porn. It's probably he's watching some kind of porn that he shouldn't be watching. 
I'm calling it right now. We're going to find out he's a Josh Duggar. He's a Jared from Subway. Look at him. Look at that picture of this asshole. Allegedly, allegedly. I bet something like that comes out. It would not shock me. Oh, the the party of free speech rights had a law block. The Supreme Court blocks Texas's controversial social media law. Supreme Court has voted five to four to block Texas's social media censorship law, a major boon for tech companies who have been fighting against content moderation laws that would fundamentally change how they do business. Conservative states have launched a legal war on social media. Now, there's nobody to root for here in this. Like, I'm not exactly sure what the Texas law is. Hopefully, we'll get the lowdown here. I assume it allowed uh, tech companies to be sued. The Section 230, as it's known, uh, which I'm fundamentally like. Facebook shouldn't be sued for something you did on their platform. That is that is that is not the way things should work. Cause like holding them accountable for shit that we do on their platforms just means they're not gonna let us do shit on their platforms anymore. They're gonna come down harder on us, the plebes. Conservative states have launched a legal war on social media companies in an effort to stem what they see as a wave of censorship, but this decision, like other recent rulings, suggests they face an uphill climb in court. They're doing it in the name of stopping censorship. (sighs) The Supreme Court's decision means that Texas can't enforce a new law that would allow Texans and the state's attorney general to sue tech giants like Meta and YouTube over their content moderation policies. Of course not. You're on their platform. Like right now. YouTube is hosting my video. Which by the way is incredibly expensive. Hosting data is expensive. In exchange for YouTube. Not only hosting my data. But giving me monetization tools. Where I can actually. uh, Tailor commercials that appear on my shit which usually don't appear on my shit because I cuss a lot and I I smoke a lot of pot on camera but that's besides the point YouTube provides those tools for me I sign a terms of service and like they own the platform they own the space that is hosting my data so of course they get to tell me what to do to a certain extent. We live in a capitalist society. That's the that's the society you guys made for us. It's just the rules that are in place. The court's order isn't a final ruling on the merits of Texas's law, but when the courts freeze a particular law or policy, it's often a sign the measure faces a difficult road on its merits. It comes just a few days after a federal appeals court ruled against a similar law in Florida. Texas passed its law last September, and opponents immediately challenged it in federal court, winning an injunction suspending it from going into effect. But earlier this month, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled the law could go into effect immediately. Appealed that ruling to the Supreme Court and won. We live in a society.
Justices Amy Coney Barrett, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, Brett Kavanaugh, and Chief Justice John Roberts voted to reinstate the lower court's injunction and block the law from taking effect. Weird bedfellows here. Interesting. Gorsuch, Elena Kagan. Elena Kagan, one of the liberal justices, joined with Gorsuch, Alito, and Thomas, considered to be the most conservative justices. Weird. Weird. Alito wrote a dissent arguing... It is not at all obvious how our existing precedents, which predate the age of the internet, should apply to large social media companies. But also, I wonder if any of these fucks even know how the internet works. Alito, uh, Kagan, Thomas, and Gorsuch are some of the oldest justices other than, than Breyer. Kavanaugh, Roberts, uh, Sotomayor, and Amy Coney Barrett are on the younger side. What a we- what a weird lineup, though. This was a- I was expecting it to be the liberal justices and Roberts siding with the liberal justices. <laughs> interesting interesting but I do I think there is something about the age here because other than Breyer it's the youngest justices I believe Roberts is younger than Gorsuch huh They surprised me with that one. What a weird court. What a weird fucking court. Now this one will come as no surprise to you. President Joe Biden asking Congress to forgive only 10K per borrower. Maybe, maybe he might do 20K. Administrations reached a final decision on student loan forgiveness. This comes after several reports that said the White House is leaning towards canceling $10,000 in student debt for certain borrowers. Let's bring in Yahoo. And they're going to means test that. Oh, my God. Democrats are so stupid. Too long. Um, What's the very latest from the administration? In, In what kind of window are we talking about? So let's just go back to what Biden says he he favors. He wants Congress to pass a law that would forgive up to $10,000. Now, obviously, there are some Democrats who want a lot more forgiveness. Uh, Bernie Sanders said forgive all student debt. Elizabeth Warren said up to $50,000. And Biden all along has said, no, that's that's too much. Uh, and Congress is not going to pass a law. So there's this question of can Biden do this through executive action? Um, he, he can. Uh, and then there might be legal challenges, um, though there probably is a good chance it would stick. Um, but we've been hearing rumors, I mean, really, for weeks now that, that Biden... Stupid. Is Stupid. Um, and now that he's... They want to lose in, in 2022, it, it seems. The weekend, except for the school shooting in Texas last week, so the timing seemed bad. Um, I think the White House at this point needs to either either do it or well, say... It's, it's not, not a win. It's not a win. Coming out and, like... It's just starting to look bad for the White House. Why? 
those of us with student loan debt are just going to laugh at that. That takes care of like the interest. Interest. That takes care of the interest. It takes care of the interest that has accrued since I've been out of college. Doesn't even touch the principal, sir. Thanks. <laughs> Fuck off. Why do you think this is as difficult a decision for the White House as it appears? Because it's bad policy. Um, it, it, it's fair. This is fairly unambiguous. I mean, among policy. No, this is good policy. Controversial. So the whole thing, if you gave up to $10,000, let's say, that would cost to around $230 billion. Not it actually doesn't cost anything because the government not gonna get. And if you had $230 billion holds that money. Um, and you and you could do that for some kind of subsidy. You ain't getting that money from me. I ain't fucking got it. College, um, or who in most cases are college graduates, you would target it lower down the income chain. I mean, so if you forgive student debt, there's no corresponding subsidy for people who just didn't go to college. They don't get anything. Um, there's no subsidy for people who paid off their loans. Um, you, you know, and a lot of people struggle to pay for. Oh, this is Yahoo Finance, so of course it's a Yahoo. Some people go for seven or eight years at night, and they, you know, they work a job along the way. Well, so, and, and that's the argument, right? Is is that if idiots you go for full forgiveness here, it would help those who don't necessarily need it because it's you know those. No, no. If you have student loan debt. Which is something no other country has. And that the United States didn't have before the 90s. It was an insignificant number. They didn't even measure it before the 90s. This is a very recent phenomenon that we fucking invented. College should be fucking free, and we should start by forgiving student loans. Period. End of story. I don't understand why that's so hard for these idiots to wrap their heads around. Well, I mean, it was indeed Reagan's policy. I was talking like, we started measuring it in the 90s. We didn't keep, we didn't get, the, the federal government did not keep track of student loan debt until the 90s. That's how recent a phenomenon this is. Motherfuckers, what is wrong with you idiots? And it would be an instant boon to the economy. It'd be the people that... It would be people like my fucking self who would benefit. And you would actually see uh, millennials start to buy houses to buy houses and cars. Jesus Christ. To your point, who are more low income, who, right. number one, can't even go to college because of the cost, too. I mean, what happens to that? How do you change the system? But what's the other side of this? I mean, if it was such an easy decision, we would have heard from the White House by now. What's the potential backlash if he says 
We're just not going to go down. Oh, oh Mox, I didn't even see you. Uh, yeah, I mean, so Biden did run on this. Uh, redeem the we. that Biden said. Don't Congress mind should, if I do. Congress should do it. The president should not do it with a stroke of a pen. Um, big downside for Biden if he does nothing is um, uh, he's going to lose all support he has among young voters. This is a big deal among younger voters. He did get a reasonable uh, portion of younger voters in 2020. And his approval rating right I now mean, is among a, young people. All is, we want is what you fucks had. That's all. That's what I always tell the baby boomers. Yeah, All we want is what you guys had. Democrats can do something. I mean, the, the Democrats really haven't gotten anything done since the They don't. They don't get it. Like, I always tell, like, okay, when did you graduate college? Let me show you what percentage of your college was paid for by the government at that time. Then let me show you what minimum wage was. The year you graduated college, so I can show you, in today's money, so I can show you that somebody that was making minimum wage was making fucking double, triple what I'm, what, 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 what people offer me with two fucking degrees. Ten dollars an hour is what the last TV station I worked for wanted to pay me to be a production tech with two fucking degrees, 15 years experience. Ten fucking dollars an hour. The minimum wage at like nineteen seventy three in today's dollars was like nineteen twenty dollars. Fuck all the way off. Oh. But hey, the White House is trying hard, trying hard to get that young person vote. Not by forgiving student loans, though. Not actually doing something that would like actually benefit us in our lives they brought bts to the white house the k-pop group bts the group is meeting with president biden later this afternoon um let's listen an important role as youth ambassadors promoting a message of respect and positivity after this briefing they will join president biden in a discussion about asian inclusion representation and diversity. was this your idea is addressing an anti-asian hate crimes and discrimination as many of you know the president has led a historic whole of government approach to combat racism what i always forget her name jean pierre tolerance facing ANHPI communities beginning his was that your big idea when you when you got promoted I'm gonna bring BTS to the White House federal government to now, apparently this was widely watched also signed this is one of like the most viewed White House press briefings signed an executive order to reestablish the White House initiative on Asian Americans Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders and funded critical research to prevent and address xenophobia against AA and NHPI communities. So without further ado, I will I will let the the band take it from here. They're going to each speak. Uh, we have a, a, a t- interpreter somewhere here. There Am I going to swoon? Um, so they'll each speak first. Green Jean-Pierre. Back up and interpret what they just said. They're not going to take any questions. They're just going to come here and, and give some give some um, some words and then we'll start the briefing. Thank you. Thank you, Karine, for your kind words, and hi with BTS. And it is a great honor to be invited to the White House today to discuss the important issues of anti-Asian hate crimes, Asian inclusion, and diversity. His English is fucking amazing. 
NHPI 헤리티먼스의 마지막 날입니다. 어, 저희는 AA NHPI 커뮤니티와 뜻을 함께하고 기념하기 위해 오늘 백악관에 왔습니다. 네, 어, 최근 아시아계를 대상으로 한 많은 증거 범죄 굉장히 놀랍고 또 마음이 안 좋았는데요. 어, 이런 일이 근절되는데 조금이라도 도움이 되고자 오늘 이 자리를 빌어 목소리를 내고자 합니다. 네 오늘 저희가 이 자리에 올수 있었던 것은 저희의 음악을 사랑해 주시는 다양한 국적 언어 문화를 가지고 I mean they are cute. 아미 여러분들이 계셨기에 이 자리에 올수 있었다고 생각합니다. 정말 감사합니다. I've never heard a BTS song, I don't think. 네 한국인의 음악이 서로 다른 언어와 문화를 넘어서 어, 전 세계 많은 분들께 닿을 수 있다는 게 아직까지도 좀 신기하고 어, 네 신기한 것 같습니다. 그리고 이 모든 걸 연결을 시켜주는 음악이란 건. 좀 참으로 훌륭한 매개체가 아닌가 싶습니다. 어, 나와 다르다고. 다름을 인정하는 것으로부터 평등은 시작된다고 생각합니다. <목소리> 네, 우리는 모두의 각자의 역사를 가지고 있습니다. 오늘 한 사람 한 사람이 I don't have Spotify turned on right now. And lastly, we thank President Biden and the White House for giving this important opportunity to speak about the important causes, remind ourselves of what we can do as artists. Once again, thank you very much. I'll provide an interpretation in Korean and English. Um, they have a song that has 1,364,836,000 plays. Like, I thought their numbers were, the billion threw me off. I thought the numbers were off. I thought, oh, this only has 886,000? No, that's 886 million plays. The billion threw me off. Holy shit. So I'm I'm going to listen to Dynamite by BTS here. I like it. Baseball? How do they know about baseball? I don't, you guys can't hear it. It's just me. Light it up like dynamite. Whoa. Nix. Sorry, I'm... BTS was at the White House today, and I'd never heard a BTS song, so I decided to take a listen. 남준 씨는 친절한 소개 감사합니다. 방탄소년단입니다. 
오늘 백악관에 초청받아서 반아시아계 혐오 범죄 그리고 아시아계 포용 그리고 다양성에 대해 논의하는 자리를 가지게 되어 정말 큰 영광입니다. Wheeler Walker Jr. Of the AANHPI Heritage Month. We joined the White House to stand with the AANHPI community and to celebrate. Jimmy said we were devastated by the recent surge of hate crimes, including Asian American hate crimes. To put a stop on this and support the cause, we'd like to take this opportunity to voice ourselves once again. The top song is Fuck You Bitch. Thanks to our army, our fans worldwide, who have different nationalities and cultures and use different languages. We are truly and always grateful. Jungkook said we still feel surprised that music created by South Korean artists reaches so many people around the world. Transcending languages and cultural barriers. Who's talking? I thought they had the. I thought they had the like the center one that had the really good English talking. Shika said it's not wrong to be different. I think equality begins. Like, was this an Asian American that they recruited? Like, did they have to like? Because like that's the way they do these boys bands. And like, this isn't the original lineup, right? They've replaced several of them. Like, they're just like interchangeable parts, if I'm not mistaken, right? You guys got to correct me on that. Like, did they recruit? Like a, a one? We need a we need one to appeal to the American market. We need, we need one that speaks perfect English. Kind of deal. Oh, they have a translator there with them. When we open up and embrace all of our differences, V said everyone has their own history. We hope today is one step forward to respecting and understanding each and every one as a valuable person. 마지막으로 남준 씨가 마지막으로 중요한 문제에 대해 함께 이야기하고 우리가 아티스트로서 있는지 생각할 기회를 만들어 주신 바이든 대통령님과 백악관에 감사드립니다. 감사합니다. I am indeed an assumptive jerk. They don't look happy though. Like are they being held hostage? Like I like I'm assuming it's like you know Prince with his record label. He was a slave. We need to we need to free BTS. Let's talk about Nancy Pelosi's husband. He was uh he was arrested over the weekend it would appear. Arrested on a DUI charge in Napa, California over the weekend. His car was allegedly hit in the middle of an intersection after he left a dinner party. Joe Concha's with me. All right, Joe. What would the coverage be like? Joe Conja. Republicans. I like. I'm assuming that they're probably slaves to their record contract, and it's not. It's not a glamorous life to be part of BTS. Like none of those boy bands are good experiences, as as as, as I understand it. Yes, these wine tours are dangerous, especially if you're on the road at the same time as. Nancy Pelosi's day trading husband. Napa, California, over the weekend. His car was allegedly hit in the middle of an intersection after he left a dinner party. Joe Concha's with me. All right, Joe, what would the coverage be like if this were a Republican's <laughs> spouse? Oh, do you mean like what would the coverage look like if Jared Kushner, for example, got a DUI or have sure. a Donald Trump Jr.? What would the coverage look like if Jared Kushner got a $2 billion payoff from the Saudis? What would the coverage be like if uh, Alan West's wife got a DUI? I know exactly what it was like because it was nothing. It was nothing when it was Alan West's wife. It's been nothing about Jared Kushner receiving $2 billion from the Saudis. 
But I'm sure you guys have talked all about Nancy Pelosi's fucking husband. I, you shouldn't care about his DUI. You shouldn't. I'm glad he got arrested. I'm glad that like his his position didn't get him any kind of favoritism from the cops in Napa Valley. That's cool. That makes me happy. You shouldn't care about his DUI. He should be fucking uh, uh, insignificant in our lives because Nancy Pelosi shouldn't still be in Congress. I wish she would have retired 10 fucking years ago. God damn it. Here, right? What would that coverage look like? It wouldn't be as limited as we're seeing, Stuart, uh, on other networks, that's for sure. And, and by the way, when you're worth more than $110 million, like Paul and Nancy Pelosi, I mean, what? You, you can't call an Uber Black? That's the good one. Or, or Lyft? Or have your. Seriously! Seriously! I have, I have no sympathy for any asshole who drinks and drives, especially when car services are as abundant as they are these days. Sir, you have plenty of fucking money. Get yourself an Uber, a Lyft, get yourself a cab, whatever the fuck your mode of transportation of choice is. Stewart is a quote from Nancy Pelosi's spokesperson. The speaker will not be commenting on this private matter, unquote. Yeah, that's convenient. Thanks. Okay. I'm going to leave it right there and move on to this. The Attorney General, Merrick Garland, he I don't give a shit about his DUI. I, I, I care about his insider trading. One particular reason that makes my call to public service especially urgent for your generation. It is an urgency that should move each of you regardless of the career you choose. It is the urgent need to defend democracy. Both at home Does that mean you're doing something? Does that mean you're doing something, Mr. Garland? Okay. Those two words, under threat. Joe, what yeah. is the threat to our uh, to our democracy? There was an insurrection. There for a little bit. It was it sounded like JFK, you know, uh, in terms of giving back to your country. Uh, but democracy is in peril, boy, in a lot of places these days, right? Right, Stuart, to answer your Yeah. We were told democracy was under threat after the Georgia voting law was passed. And yeah. voting doubled in the state last week when compared to recent past elections. So it's not, it's not because of the laws making it easier to vote. It's because people withstood your bullshit in order to vote. It was precisely because you motherfuckers tried to take away their right to vote. It got them riled up and got them out at the polls. You stupid fuck. So much for democracy in peril in Jim Crow 2.0. But Merrick Garland is the same guy who wrote that memo saying that parents who were concerned about their child's education and were showing up at school board meetings were potentially domestic terrorists. So for him to use this sort of fear-mongering and hyperbole to graduates is about as surprising as, uh, you know, the sun rising in the East, Stuart. It's, it seems like go into public service because you're Democrats. You believe in government all the time, always. Oh, this is specific. Stuart Varney is stuck up Trump's ass. It's just protecting. Uh, they're really good friends or some shit. Come out of our leading universities. That's what I think it's all about. I think you're very much onto something there. And by the way, maybe we attach student loan forgiveness if students, after they're done with their education, maybe two years, they go into public service to help pay that off. Could, could that be a good idea? I'd be. How about you suck my dick? Is that a good idea? It is. I think it is. The Sussman trial. Let's move on to the Sussman trial. Trump's crusade to prove the Russia investigation was fraudulent is collapsing. 
Michael Sussman, a former lawyer for Hillary Clinton's campaign, on Tuesday was found not guilty to a single count of lying to the FBI. Former Attorney General Bill Barr in late 2020 appointed John Durham to investigate whether the Justice Department's investigation into the Trump campaign's potential ties to Russia was, as Trump has claimed repeatedly, a fraudulent witch hunt. Durham hasn't turned up much, but he did manage to get former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman to stand trial for lying to the FBI. Sussman was acquitted on Tuesday, dealing a massive blow to Durham's efforts. Case stems from Sussman alleging to the Justice Department during uh, the 2016 presidential campaign that the Trump Organization was secretly communicating with Alpha Bank, a Russian bank. Durham says Sussman did not divulge to the DOJ that he was flagging the potential back channel, of which the DOJ later later said there was no evidence on behalf of the Clinton's campaign. John Berkowitz, Sussman's lawyer, argued over the course of the trial Sussman couldn't have been acting on behalf of Clinton's campaign because testimony showed that Clinton's campaign didn't want the FBI to investigate a potential connection between Trump and Alpha Bank. There is a difference between having a client and doing something on their behalf, Sussman's lawyer, Sean Berkowitz, said, adding that the jails of Washington, D.C. would be teeming over if opposition research were to be outlawed. James Baker, the FBI lawyer who met with Sussman, also testified that he is 100% confident that Sussman told him he was not coming to him on behalf of Clinton's campaign. Sussman saying he wasn't operating on behalf of Clinton's campaign doesn't mean he wasn't actually operating on behalf of Clinton's campaign, or at least with the campaign's interest in mind. Regardless, the jury only took a few hours to reject the idea that the meeting was part of a massive conspiracy to sabotage Trump's campaign. Trump has long been alleging that Clinton's campaign illegally attempted to torpedo his 2016 presidential campaign by working with the Justice Department to fabricate the idea that he had ties to Russia. Which is weird because the Suns are literally on camera saying they had ties to Russia. Is Fox News uh, coming out and saying, hey... Nothing here. It's a nothing burger. It's a nothing burger. We were wrong all this time. No, of course not. This this clip, which starts with a graphic about Hunter Biden, says Hillary Clinton sanctioned the Russia hoax. It was about 10 minutes before closing, and the client walked in the door with uh, three liquid damage MacBook Pros. I printed up an authorization allowing me to take custody of the machine and I had him sign that document, review the document with him, and then uh, he left. And then I took the machine. This guy is a weirdo too. That is the repairman, the Delaware computer repair shop that received Hunter. They are milking that for all it's worth. The Hunter brought in his infamous laptop. You can watch the entire 40-minute conversation on the Fox News YouTube channel or the Will Kane podcast. But now, Hunter's team is trying to cast doubt about how the potentially incriminating contents actually came to light. They're saying that story you just heard isn't true. New York Post columnist and Fox News contributor Miranda Devine wrote Laptop from Hell, and she joins us now. Now, now remember, this is after Sussman was found not guilty. John Paul MacIsaac has property, is in, by the way, still has, maintains the data, and is telling you how he came 
to possess Hunter's information. How can they possibly convince us it's not true? Good morning, Will. Look, I mean, I think they don't really need to convince you or me. Uh, what I, what's I true? Convince people who really haven't been told much about this story. That would be the readers of the New York Times and the Washington Post who really uh, were kept in the dark. What story? There is no story. There is no story. Even if taken at face value, I've sat here and listened to everything all you fucks have said. There is no story. There is nothing on, like you just keep saying Hunter's laptop, Hunter's laptop is just a boogeyman. What the fuck is on the laptop we're supposed to care about? Rudy Giuliani says he's walking around naked in front of kids. I don't believe it. Tony Babalucci, back two years ago, said there was some message about the big guy or some shit. It's all fucking nothing dark for 18 months until out of the blue uh, those publications decided to say that yes they'd authenticated the emails from the laptop the laptop was real uh, etc so uh, no I think no no actually what they've said is that some of the information on the laptop is indeed real nobody has confirmed that the laptop itself is real dealings is drawing to a close that's been mm-hmm. going on for some time and uh, so now I think that hunter and and his Friends, this this entertainment lawyer from Los Angeles, who's very wealthy, uh, Kevin Morris, is uh, his Hunter's friends call him Hunter's new sugar brother. They're wanting to get out ahead of the story uh, before the outcome of that grand jury probe uh, comes out. They want to try and just rejig the story. There were probably real emails on the laptop. Looking at the content. Okay, laptop, if it if it was planted, but like, let's say Russia planted the laptop. They probably had a hold of some authentic emails from Hunter Biden that were put on there to make it look like it was his laptop, of course. Miranda, by the way, Hunter Biden's lawyer has contacted him, did contact him, asking for the return of this laptop. They're going to, good luck, by the way. He's pretty convincing because he's telling a story that he actually experienced. I want to ask you about this, though, because jury, the jury is set to resume deliberations today in the trial of uh, Hillary Clinton's... Okay, maybe this hasn't happened yet. Maybe Sussman hadn't happened yet. Uh, Michael Sussman uh, is, for lying to the FBI, facing jury deliberations right now. As you've watched this trial unfold, Miranda, what do you anticipate? Well, look, if he is convicted of lying to the FBI, Michael Sussman... He wasn't maximum of five years in jail but it's not really just about him he is just the first of the trials to come no into the trump russia collusion hoax no we have gleaned some really valuable insights into that dirty trick scheme by the clinton campaign uh Mm -hmm. chiefly i think out of this trial that hillary clinton was behind it that she sanctioned uh this dirty trick no attempt to go to the FBI and pretend Michael Sussman pretended that he was just a concerned citizen that was that was the claim of prosecutors and the jury said no research which mm-hmm. claimed that Donald Trump was in bed with Vladimir Putin now the ramifications of that were extreme it crippled the Trump presidency and to this day Bullshit crippled the Trump presidency. Let's see what they actually said after the verdict was read. 
Congressman Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. So that's they a brought Jim Jordan on oversight and reform committee. I mean, if anybody knows about covering up crime, it's fucking Jim Jordan. Congressman, great to have you in focus today. So you good, heard what's at stake on both sides here. I, I want to get your take yeah. on it. Well, I think Zussman lied. Oh, wait, still, still, uh, this is there. No, there has been no Fox News piece posted to YouTube about Sussman since the the not guilty verdict came back. Both of these, both of these were posted in the last couple of hours. I thought they were fresh. They were going to be reacting to the Sussman uh, news, but no, no. Jagged of Jim. God damn. Okay, okay. I think we have one clip. The, these other two clips were posted after the clip I'm getting ready to show you. They did indeed cover his not guilty verdict. I want to see him freak out. So we want to get now to our reporter, David Spunt. And, and David, as I was about to say, this trial was also taking a look at not just the fact that he lied, but whether or not he could bring into focus anything else that was going on. Because once it was found... Jury out, said he didn't lie. Clinton, Jury said he didn't lie. Harris, exactly. Was this lie material to the FBI's investigation? That's something that jurors had to find out. Apparently, the Benny Hinn of Fox News to the FBI, or maybe it wasn't material. We're getting well, we've we've we've, we've we've got fucking Eddie Munster over here as a reporter. He was inside the building behind me, but Michael Sussman, the Clinton campaign lawyer, indicted in special counsel John Durham's probe last September of 2021, not guilty for a charge of lying to the FBI. Harris, to give everyone just a backstory, we've re been reporting this for about two weeks. So Michael Sussman was a Clinton campaign attorney in September 2016. Looks he like a vampire. General counsel James Baker, who happened to be a friend of he his. Is, he he is definitely sucking blood. He works for Fox News. Said that he had some information that he wanted to meet with Baker as soon as possible at FBI headquarters. The next day on September 19th, 2016. Let's not insult vampires. Like, Washington, come on. FBI headquarters. Like, like Bill from James True Blood was a lot cooler than this fuck. Information about okay. an alleged secret back channel between the Trump organization and a Russian bank called Alpha Bank, which had ties to the Kremlin. Now, the question is not if those allegations were true, because the FBI quickly investigated. Let's let's get to them having a meltdown. Here's their panel with right. bogus information. Because if nothing else comes away from all of this, you can't erase what we now know about that. You can't take it away. So October is part of the next steps. Uh, David Spunt, excellent job. I, I want to bring in... I don't even know what they're talking about. The next steps. Also joining us today. Nothing, nothing is coming from this investigation. So, the hey, Durham investigation has been you bullshit. Were White House. You were, you know, comms, White House press secretary. You were asked questions daily about the president and words like collusion and and conspiracy and all sorts of things bandied about and if nothing else we have learned just how tight the connections were between the people feeding the fbi information and the hillary campaign no matter how this trial would turn out that so they're just going ahead with their narrative 
Right. Look, on November 8, 2016, the American people made a decision and they decided to make President Donald J. Trump president of the United States. I mean, technically, the American people voted overwhelmingly for Hillary Clinton. For three years. Hillary Clinton won by well over three million votes. Was in a Russian asset. Think about that. The president of the United States. A the Electoral Russian College made him the president. Robert Mueller, that that in fact was not true, that there was no collusion. But nevertheless, that was the... Well, uh, collusion wasn't what Mueller was investigating. There is no legal term of collusion. On the Clinton payroll, he's getting paid as a lawyer. He goes into the FBI. Hillary Clinton, we learned through this trial, through Robbie Mook, her campaign manager, that she herself green-lighted this information going to the media despite not having the expertise to assess it. But it was given the option being true, not because of a media report, but because of an FBI investigation into President Trump. And at the center of that was the Sussman meeting. Um, and Michael Sussman, the prosecutor in this case, Britton Shaw, argued that he wanted a, quote, October surprise, that that was at the, the heart of his intentions. It doesn't appear I mean, we got one. It was called the uh, Access Hollywood tape. The D.C. jury pool. This is an area of our country where 76% of people in the District of Columbia are registered Democrat. This was a jury pool of 37 that was whittled. Oh, they're, they're going to cry and say it was unfair. There were many avowed Clinton supporters who said they had donated to the Clinton campaign. Um, some of those individuals weren't chosen, but about a third of that jury pool was either a Clinton supporter or had strong feelings about the Prosecutors were very frustrated that they would not get a fair shake here. So I think this does raise questions on how fair of a shake you can... It doesn't raise questions. You fucks are just sore fucking losers. Partisanly in one direction. So I want to get this bit of breaking news in now because we are learning that Michael Sussman and, and potentially his attorneys too, but Michael Sussman is set to give a statement uh, we have not been clear uh, on the timing because we're not getting very specific details on this, but we expect in a short little while to hear from Michael Sussman with timing. What would you think at this point, Emily, that he... Notice how they're all in a different location. I would assume we're back to strict COVID protocols at Fox News, aren't we? Because cases are going up in New York. Changing hands through him to the FBI. Right. If I were his attorney, which I wouldn't be, then I would advise his statement. Which I wouldn't be. Blanket, you know, this affirms what I've been telling you all along, which is that I did not lie to the FBI, etc. Sort of general, vague statement affirming the jury's conclusion. <clears throat> I'd like to focus for a moment on something that David Spunt said when he called out the fact that this jury's... I'm done. I can't do this for another fucking six minutes or seven minutes. Goddamn. Fox News is horrible. You know how I know Fox News is horrible? Uh, they are the yeah, chosen yeah, news outlet of, of fascist leaders like Viktor Orban of Hungary. Talk about some CPAC. So this is a clip of Hungary's authoritarian leader lauding Tucker Carlson. ...to what happened at CPAC uh, this week, not here in Washington, but over in Hungary, yes, in Hungary, uh, where they heard from anti-immigrant authoritarian leader Viktor Orban. Some of the sessions were entitled Western Civilization Under Attack, and the father is a man, the mother is a woman. This is the kind of stuff that was going on. And during his speech, Orban also yeah, said... That sounds, that sounds like Tucker. ...is Tucker Carlson. Let's listen. Of course, the Grand Old Party has associates in the media. 
associated media, but they do not compete with the dominance of the liberal press. Only my friend Tucker Carlson places himself on the line without wavering. His new program is the most watched. What does it mean? It means that programs like his should run day and night, as you say, 24-7. Is, is uh, plugging Tucker Carlson at this dictator palooza over in Hungary, Joe. <laughs> dictator palooza. Here's the deal. Outside of Donald Trump, nobody channels the Republican Party voter better than Tucker Carlson right now. Again, Walsh is right. Because it is a party that has given up on democracy. They no longer believe in it. And they want an authoritarian. They want a Putin. They want an Orban. They want a Trump or a DeSantis here who acts like an authoritarian. So this is exactly where today's Republican Party is. And it should scare the hell out of every American. And, and Charlie, isn't it, it? This is weird, isn't it, to have CPAC holding a conference in Hungary uh, where there's an authoritarian? I am upset at the fact that Viktor Orban holds power in Hungary when it was just like 25 years ago that Michael Jackson were, was freeing the people of Hungary. You see the statue they erected to him after he freed the people of Hungary from their authoritarian leaders. They just slipped right back into fascism. Leader, uh, you know, talking about Tucker. That's a joke, by the way. That's a what joke. What world are we in? This is the Twilight Zone. Uh, yes. Well, uh, let's be honest, Jim. Some of those CPAC conventions in recent years have become freak shows, clown shows. The fact that they're going <laughs> to uh, Hungary. That's an understatement. An illiberal leader, uh, if you want to call him that. That is an understatement. You want to talk about a clown show, Jackass Posobiec. Jackass Posobiec was one of the speakers at CPAC in Hungary this year. He's going to tell us about the state of the West. The state of the West. Is the West dead? You might say this question is ridiculous. The West isn't dead. The West can never die, so long as there are those who are willing to fight for it. Those like the people in this very room and the people watching at home. Yet if you look outside this room, the prognosis looks grimmer by far. Every day a new outrage against our history, our values, and the very identity of the West is committed under cover of darkness. A darkness that like... That sounds awfully fucking Nazi of you. That sounds very fucking Nazi. Just saying. The devil who created it has many names. Might have heard some of them. Wokeness. Globalism, open societies, technocratic neoliberalism. This is a new communism for a new age. I spent years living in China, and it is clear to me that neoliberalism is attempting to copy the model of authoritarian power of the Chinese Wait, what? Party and spread it across the entire West. Really? I would argue that the West is already dead. Almost 60 years ago, the scholar James Burnham described the managerial liberalism of the 20th century as the voluntary suicide of the West. Does anyone dispute his thesis now that we've seen almost 60 years of the results? We've watched our schools turn into incubators for racial and gender strife. Laws are twisted into arbitrary bureaucratic mandates only to be applied. I love how these fogs always like, dude, if there is something wrong with this country or the West in general, as you're, as you're pointing out, 
and it happened over the last 50, 60 years, I would point you towards conservatism. I'd point you towards capitalism. Like, you fucks have been in control. You realize that, right? Like, most of my adult life has had right-wing, semi-authoritarian-style figures. From the Bushes, to the Reagans, to the Trump. Republicans have been in charge the majority of my life. <laughs> Are you no longer on Earth? Teabag in Hungary. Indeed. I just... I If there is something wrong with, with where we're going over the last 50, 60 years, it's your guys' fault. It's fucks like you that speak at CPAC that did it. It's not my fucking fault. I didn't start the fire. Dagass Posobiec. To political opponents and the middle class, never to actual criminals or the ruling class, our betters. Reason was rendered subject to the tears of the weak and the hysteric. Are they inside of Epcot? were declared beautiful. The unworthy declared experts. And the unfit declared strong. The the unbeautiful, is that what he said? The ugly was declared? I forget, I forget how he said it, but he's talking about the Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. The one that the one that Jordan Peterson was deriding, right? No amount of authoritarian tolerance. <laughs> oh, fucking shit. That's exactly what he was talking about. I might have a meme. Wars were begun under the pretext of lies, and sovereign instability was created by those who seek to profit from armed conflict and porous borders. Against 60 years of a wasting disease like... Sorry, not beautiful. No amount of authoritarian tolerance is going to change that. That? You want to talk about the West? You want to talk about the West? I guess this is what you're talking about when you're, you're talking about, you know, the, the West being dead or the decline of the West. It's like, we're not standing for this shit anymore. This this is a mountain range called Six Grandfathers. I'm not going to refer to it by its white man name. Fuck off. This. This statement from Jordan B. Peterson actually goes with this picture. That The, the phrase doesn't make any sense. Juxtaposed to a Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover. Makes perfect sense. Juxtapose to six grandfathers, which we should return to the natives. We should blow up those fucking faces. I don't even know how Teddy Roosevelt fucking got up there. He would not be in my top four presidents. Why would why why would we even put Teddy Roosevelt up there? Come the fuck on. He probably threatened the dude that was carving the fucking, the faces. Oh, shit. I forgot where I was going with that. Oh. Mention China, though. Let's talk about China. 
advocates are denouncing a UN official's China visit as ultimate betrayal. Genocide scholars and rights advocates are calling for the resignation of a top United Nations human rights official after her visit to uh, Xinjiang ended with her repeating, rather than denouncing, Chinese government propaganda about an ongoing genocide there. I'm still skeptical because a lot of the a lot of the claims about China come from uh, sources of ill repute. But I do think there is something going on in China with their Uyghur population. The visit illustrates how the UN is caught between China and the West, and it suggests Beijing increasingly holds sway over the organization. It seems kind of like imperialist propaganda. Uh, on behalf of the U.S. government from Axios, just throwing that out there. Beijing has already spun this trip as a huge success and an affirmation of their policies. It's bringing the entire U.N. into disrepute. Says Azim Ibrahim, the director of, at the D.C.-based New Lines Institute for Strategy and Policy, which recently published a report about genocide in Xinjiang. Over the weekend, U.N. High Commissioner for Human Rights, Michelle uh, Bach- Bachelet, completed a trip to China that included a visit to the northwest region of Xinjiang, where the Chinese government has detained more than one million Uyghurs and other minority ethnic groups as part of an ongoing genocide. It was the first visit of a top UN human rights official to China since 2005. The Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights first requested the visit in 2018 as reports of mass detention in Xinjiang emerged. Extensive evidence from satellite imagery, Chinese government documents, and survivor testimonies indicate Chinese authorities have used mass detentions, forced sterilization, forced labor, mass incarcerations, family separation, torture, surveillance, political indoctrination, and bans on religious and cultural practices to stamp out Uyghur identity. Now, I have no doubt that China has indeed done that. However, if we're going to... Uh, cry foul over people who visit states that support that, I would point to the U.S.'s own mass incarceration, forced sterilization of immigrants that we found out happened in Georgia, family separation, torture, surveillance, political indoctrination, we're burning books, talking about human rights violations... Maybe sitting in D.C. is not the place to lob that criticism. Does not take away from what China may be doing. At a May 28th press conference in Beijing, uh, Bachelet used Chinese government talking points to frame her remarks on Xinjiang, casting the policies there as a form of counterterrorism intended to combat violent acts of extremism. She also referred to mass detention facilities as vocational and educational training centers. Government's euphemism for the camps. Oof. That's a big oof. Did not denounce the genocide or demand that the Chinese government end its repression of Uyghurs and other ethnic groups in the region. She also praised the Chinese government's achievements in poverty alleviation and health care in other parts of the country. Oof. Meanwhile, uh, also coming from Axios, so 
Doing the bidding of the U.S. State Department. Beijing sends 30 warplanes near Taiwan as a U.S. delegation visits. U.S. delegation led by Senator Tammy Duckworth is in Taipei meeting with Taiwanese officials on a previously unannounced visit. Duckworth, who also visited Taiwan's capital last year as part of a COVID-19 vaccine doses donation announcement, arrived in Taipei for the three-day visit on Monday per a Taiwan Foreign Ministry tweet. Taiwan's Ministry of National Defense reported Monday that Beijing sent 30 Chinese warplanes to its air defense identification zone near the island, the biggest incursion since January. The U.S. delegation met with Taiwan Foreign Affairs Minister Yashua Joseph Wu on Tuesday. I said it as if he was like uh, Jewish or some shit. I probably fucked your name up, Mr. Wu. My apologies. Scheduled to hold talks with President uh, Tsai uh, Ingwin. Ingwin. President Tsai Ingwin later in the day, as well as Premier Su Sing Chang and Economic Affairs Minister Wang Mi Hao before their departure on Wednesday. Delegation's trip follows President Biden's first visit to Japan earlier this month during which he angered China's government by saying American troops would defend Taiwan if Chinese forces attacked the self-governing island. Oof. Uh, Tensions in the Pacific. A a fever pitch, it would seem. The Shanghai lockdown. Apparently, China has eased COVID restrictions after two months. Chinese city of Shanghai, the country's economic center and a global trade hub, has eased COVID curbs after a two-month lockdown. At midnight local time on Tuesday, restrictions were relaxed to allow most people to move freely around the city of some 25 million people. But at least 650,000 residents will remain confined in their homes. As overall policy of zero COVID remains in place, people catching COVID face quarantine or hospital. Close contacts also face the prospect of removal to quarantine in the area immediately around where they live being locked down again. This is the day that we dreamed of for a very long time, Shanghai government spokeswoman uh, Ying Xing told reporters. Everyone has sacrificed a lot. This day has been hard won. We need to cherish and protect it. Welcome back the Shanghai we are familiar with and missed. E-commerce professional Chen Ying was planning to work from home after the lockdown was eased, but she told AFP News Agency she might treat her two-year-old son to a long-awaited walk outside. Get ready to talk about monkeypox. Oof. I I uh, was listening to uh, health officials who said, oh, we should see cases go down within a week. They did not. So now I am starting to worry, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that shortly. Let's talk about COVID here in the U.S. first. Yes, COVID cases are five times higher now than last Memorial Day weekend. Remember... 
the Delta wave and the Omicron wave were far deadlier than the previous two waves. We hadn't hit the Delta wave yet at this time last year. Cases right now are five times higher than they were last Memorial Day weekend. Omicron and its subvariants rapidly moved through the U.S. Reported cases are surpassing 110,000 a day, though the number is far higher due to a lack of testing. Now, the U.S. precautions for COVID-19, such as mask mandates and vaccine requirements, have been largely dropped, and Americans are almost entirely back to their pre-pandemic activities, yet cases are actually higher now than this time last year when half of the country was newly vaccinated and before the Omicron variant had struck. Memorial Day weekend, the reported number of COVID-19 cases in the U.S. was easily above 110,000 a day, five times that of the year before when the average number of cases hovered around 20,000 a day. The daily average is also now a significant undercount with most people testing positive on rapid tests that go unreported or foregoing testing altogether. Case numbers are once again high this spring with Omicron and its subvariants. BA.2 and BA.2.12.1 easily infecting people, even those who are vaccinated and boosted. Large portions of the country, particularly the Northwest, Midwest, Florida, and the West Coast, are seeing medium or high levels of transmission, according to the CDC. Ugh. So, yay! Another year of of shit to wade through. Doctors and nurses risked their lives to battle COVID, and now they are facing a mental health crisis. Published in the USA Today. Uh, today. Oh, do I not get to read the story? We're going to innovate we get to a point where the doctor assesses that you're going to need to be intubated, what is your feeling about that? I don't know nothing about it. I mean, it's not like a ventilator, then, right? It is a ventilator. Oh, it is a ventilator. It is a ventilator. It's also known as life support. Oh, yeah. I don't... Yeah. I don't want to do that for Right. When the patient shares that they are glad to be in the hospital because they don't want to be at home and getting their family sick, I'm standing in the room and the thought crosses my mind, well, I'm here in the room with you now, and I'm going to go home. I don't want to get my family sick. And so it creates this dynamic of how can I continue Oof. to show up each and every day and be there for you, for what you're going through, when I am going through this in a very similar way. I'm one of your doctors. I'm Dr. Kalani. Can I come in? When I'm not at work, I feel anxious. It is very depressing to see patients pass away, and it's traumatic to hear families on the other end. It's it's depressing to see the rest of the country just go about like business as usual. Sometimes anger. It's a lot to take home. That that bell that rings for the code blue is sometimes hard to get out of your head at night. Mm -hmm. When I lay my head down on the Mm -hmm. pillow at night. I see the faces of the families on the iPad. I see the staff, um, tears in their eyes. And sometimes I hear that bell ringing and it's hard to shake sometimes. 
We worked so many hours, so many extra hours, um, and seen more death than anyone should ever have to. And see. we have a broken healthcare system. Dying. We have we have people that are going and being travel nurses now because it pays far more than what a hospital will pay you. They can't be there with their family member crying. So it's been. But then you get the travel nurses that come in that are making way more than the regular staff. It burns the it burns the regular staff, and they're like, "Well, pfft. I cry in the shower. I cry in the car. I don't I don't want to do this while they're making triple what I'm making. It's bullshit. Get it out. I don't know. We're all dealing with the same thing. So, and. We talk to each other. It's important for um, us to continue to talk about the traumas that we're experiencing on a daily basis. Um, because now it does look like we were watching video from February of last year. Day in and day out when I'm with a patient. This is attached to the story about when I'm out of code. Healthcare workers, mental health, which I couldn't read all of. Somebody. USA Today. COVID hospitalizations and deaths may be down from their surge peaks. The nation's hospitals and clinics still face a population in crisis. The healthcare workers themselves, overworked medical professionals who risk their health and their families' well-being to help patients through the pandemic, are now dealing with a public that is increasingly distrustful in a politicized environment where hospital violence is not uncommon. Oh, God damn. And that's, that's not even taking into consideration long COVID. CDC's new study tells us about long COVID. Why the latest data on long COVID has experts worried. We're reading from the week. This is an article published uh, yesterday. Long COVID refers to the long-term health effects of a coronavirus infection, including lingering fatigue, respiratory and heart symptoms like difficulty breathing and chest pains, neurological symptoms like headache and brain fog, and digestive and other symptoms like stomach, joint, or muscle pain. These post-COVID conditions, as the agency refers to them, are most often found in those who who had a serious bout of COVID, but anyone recovering from infection is susceptible. Typically first identified about four weeks after the initial infection, it can then last weeks or even months before maybe going away or perhaps coming back again. Additionally, long COVID might not affect everyone the same way, often making it difficult for those suffering, as well as their health care providers, to make a diagnosis. Fortunately, the vaccine might not make much of a difference on this front. A large U.S. study published on Wednesday suggests coronavirus inoculation has only a slight protective effect against long COVID. It seems to reduce the risk of lung and blood clot disorders. The vaccine doesn't protect much against the condition's other symptoms, the study found. All in all, it's important to note there's also still much unknown about long COVID, so findings and understandings regarding the condition might change. Is long COVID a big deal? Absolutely. Why does it happen? Scientists aren't entirely sure, but they have some ideas. Some experts believe that an intense immune response during a primary COVID infection may lead to inflammation and damage throughout the body, eventually resulting in long COVID. Another theory is that the immune system never really shuts down after the initial infection. Diagnosed at the moment, given the condition's wide array of symptoms, 
Doctors must rely on patient descriptions and process of elimination to diagnose long COVID, reports the Times. To hopefully clarify the process, researchers are working to identify certain biomarkers that correspond to certain post-COVID conditions like inflammation. A large study published online on May 24th found that one in five previously infected adults under the age of 65 has experienced at least one symptom that could be considered long COVID. Those older than 65, that breakdown increases to one in four. And in an indication of how seriously the agency views the problem of long COVID, the authors of the study recommend routine assessment for post-COVID conditions among persons who survive COVID-19. Oh, I the 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 totally anecdotal stories, but the stories are are coming out of people six months out still suffering from from uh, a, a lack of oxygen, having trouble breathing, joint pain, and like I hear a lot about brain fog and shit. It fucking, like, when I think I had it, like, I I didn't recover from the brain fog for months. It was two or three months before I felt like I was myself again. Uh, I'm not going to be living in sexual anarchy for the next little bit because apparently the monkeypox is a much more uh, serious thing than what we realized. You live in sexual anarchy? Uh-uh, not right now. Monkeypox is out of the box. Has Europe on edge. Decades now, experts believed monkeypox would simply stay put in Africa. This May, the zoonotic virus proved the fallacy of that idea, appearing in 23 countries. I think we're up to 30 now. Uh, this was published today. But I think it's up to th- I think it's up to 30 now. Many of them in Europe prompting the World Health Organization to declare on Sunday that it was a moderate global public health risk. It is an unusual situation, said Dr. Sylvie Brayar, or Brand, the Director of Pandemic and Epidemic Disease Department at the WHO, said during a webinar on Monday before we had monkeypox only in certain countries. Now it's out of the box. The sudden increase in cases in Europe where the UK and Spain have so far recorded 300, it's prompting health authorities to issue alerts, warning sexually active populations, particularly those who engage in high-risk activities, to be on the lookout for symptoms. The UK has also urged those who are ill with monkeypox to abstain from intimate relations, who have no contact with pets, and to not leave their homes for a month. In the UK, which on Tuesday confirmed 179 cases, in Spain, where the health ministry on Monday announced it has 120 cases. That's not funny. RB says shock the monkey. Reference to the Peter Gabriel song about masturbation. Telling you to shock the monkey instead of taking your monkey out to the glory hole. They're recommending smallpox vaccines for those at close contacts of those already infected. Believing that a vaccine for a related virus given within four days of exposure can minimize the monkeypox symptoms. 
Dr. Daniel Lopez Acuna, the former director of crisis management at the World Health Organization, told Yahoo News that we will not need vaccinations of the general public since the disease will probably not affect the large swaths of the population. That's encouraging, given, the, uh, given that the smallpox uh, was eradicated in 1980 and supplies of smallpox vaccines are scarce. Good news is that health officials say people older than 45, most of whom were vaccinated against smallpox, may be far less likely to contract monkeypox. Beyond the case numbers in Europe, which are shooting higher than most African countries where monkeypox is endemic, the recent outbreak is underscoring is that human-to-human transmission is indeed possible, and human sexual contact is now what is spreading the disease, as opposed to contact with wild animals. Yeah, officials are warning you to abstain from having uh, risky sex. Stop living in sexual anarchy, you you. You live people. in sexual anarchy? Okay, health authorities have urged anyone who tests positive for the monkeypox to abstain from sex until their symptoms have cleared. I would think that's a fucking given. I would think that... I mean, apparently that's how it's been spreading. If you got bumps on the log, don't go having sex with people. Uh, I think it's about masturbation, and I think I learned that from, like, a pop-up video on VH1. Songs that are about masturbation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, Dustin, you're, you're right. One thing is clear from the last two years. Infected people don't give a fuck about infecting others, but Jesus, if there's bumps on your log, don't go sticking your log in places. That just seems to be common courtesy. UK Health Security Agency also recommended that previously infected persons continue to use condoms for a period of eight weeks after... If you're having risky sex... Now, I'm one to talk. If you're having risky sex, you should probably be using condoms anyway. Not just for a period of eight weeks after you have monkeypox. With 179 cases, Britain now has the highest monkeypox case count in the current outbreak. Globally, there are 555 confirmed and suspected cases that have now been reported outside of Africa. New guidance released on Monday, the UK Health Security Agency also recommended that previously infected persons continue to use condoms for a period of eight weeks after the virus has passed as a precautionary measure. The health agency said the risk to the general republic, the general public remains low, but encouraged people to contact a health professional if they notice any unusual rashes or lesions. Don't do sex, kids. Don't do sex. All right, let's let's wrap this thing up. Here's a meteor shower from last night for those of you who didn't get to experience it. Uh, apparently, this video is not very eventful, though. The Thai Hercules meteor shower. 
Were you up early? Did you stay up late? Did you see it? People across the nation. Oh, sassy! I didn't see you uh, uh, redeem the no cursing. I probably captured some. I'm going to put a where it says Justin Freaking up there in the corner. Uh, I'm going to switch it to where it has a little clock that appears whenever I get the uh, no cursing. It's going to be a fun little game we're going to play. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm going to try. I'm working on that. I'll get there eventually. I'm, I'm, I'm lazy. Some of the stunning light display, we're having that image posted for you, right? So, you know, it just looks like a dark night sky, but as you can see, there's yeah, one right there. Coming you can down, see them yeah. coming down. Report the results to the state. Yeah, so that was very uneventful. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm trying to find some pictures or something of it. Yeah, like, I thought some people caught some, uh, caught some good pictures, but apparently not. I am, I'm not seeing... Okay, 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 here we go, here we go. We might we might get some out of Nevada. I bet uh outside of Vegas. We got places where there's no uh light pollution. Okay, here we go. There's your good shot. Here's another one. Okay, yeah, we we've, we've got some good pictures here. I can't make them bigger, I'm sorry. Excellent shots. A lot better than that video we had from that local news hit. So yeah, I had this on the on the list. If I'd done a show last night, I would have told you guys to go out and watch the meteors. Mete- meteors. But I decided to eat cookie brownie and get stupid stoned and lay on the couch. I, in and out, in and out all fucking day. I was in it, I was out of it. Oh, shit. I thought they were, I thought they were giving the dog commands. Oh, apparently the puppy can do it just by looking at the pictures. That's a smart puppy. I love it. I love it when, uh, Smokey sits like that. He does that often. He lays with his paws crossed. I think it's so cute. All right, if you're watching on Twitch, we're heading over to Echoplex Media. I do believe Down Ballot is on right now. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure what day it is anymore. It's Tuesday. I think it's down ballot. Meat Cakes is going to be on Local Love tonight. Awesome. I will do my best to stop by. That is a very cool dog. If you're watching on Twitch, go ahead. 
you're heading over to Echoplex Media, tell them, hey, go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live.